0: parenting your kids as adults. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. The Apostle Paul, we read, encountered Timothy at Lystra during his journeys, and Paul was led by the Spirit to share the gospel message with everyone he could, and Timothy came in his path, and subsequently, Timothy became like a son In verse 2 of this chapter, Paul refers to Timothy as my beloved son, because he sort of raised Timothy up in the mission field to shoot him into the world like an arrow of Psalm 127. And in 1 Timothy 1, verse 1, Paul refers to Timothy as my true child in the faith. So Timothy was like a son to Paul, and as a son, Paul mentored Timothy in the faith, doing what he could to prepare Timothy for that moment that God gave Timothy his calling. And Timothy spent a lot of time in Ephesus, and according to church history, he became the bishop of the church at Ephesus. This type of mentoring or discipleship should be in the mind of a parent who is a child of God. We raise our kids to be useful in the kingdom, but if that kingdom is invisible and information regarding it is limited to the scriptures, shouldn't we teach our kids to love God and love the word? Shouldn't we at least show our kids that even though mom and dad aren't the greatest people in the world, our lives are governed by the Holy Spirit and we learn about the Holy Spirit by receiving him and studying the scriptures? So we're to be an example to him. Our kids should look at us and go, "You know what? They Through all their faults, they're sincere about Jesus. So focusing our sights on eternity for our kids involves a lot of work, and that begins at birth and actually continues until we die. And that's something a lot of people don't think about as they raise their kids. We spend so many years teaching our kids how to live, but how well do we do when we teach our kids how to die? By our own example, when we're on our deathbed, are we going to suddenly back off of our faith and freak out, or are we going to go out in the same boldness that we lived? And that too is a very important part of our lives, and it's coming up for all of you parents. So running the race until we cross that finish line, never tiring of serving the Lord and looking forward to our new life in eternity with him. It's huge. Because our kids see it. They're looking at us. They're judging us. Is this stuff real or not? Remember, they live with us. I've heard a lot of people say regarding raising their kids, I just want my kids to be happy. And that is dumb. And here's the fundamental flaw with parenting toward happiness. Life. Life isn't always happy. Being happy usually depends on your circumstances. If everything is really good, then I'm happy. Well, what happens when things aren't good? What happens when someone is mean to them or they get a bad grade or they get cut from the team? So much for their happiness. Now parents need to figure out how to get them happy again. And instead of teaching them to work through their problems, accepting what their responsibility is and moving toward resolution, it becomes a matter of what can we do to make it better so they can be happy. And life does not treat people that way. It's the same with parents who refuse to discipline their kids. Someone will discipline their kids after them because that's the way life works. Galatians 6-7, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You plant a bad seed, you get a bad harvest. I've seen so many people bullying their way around life, never being held accountable, and then one day they get what's coming to them and nobody feels sorry for them, except maybe an enabling parent perhaps. But when you look at your infant and then imagine them as an adult, their path to adulthood will be greatly influenced either good or bad by their experiences in life. And life will teach them things. It's our responsibility as parents to help develop the heart and the mind of the child so that they can follow Jesus. That way, when they're in school or out with friends or whatever they are doing without their parents, the Holy Spirit will then guide them and correct them. Teaching them the goodness of God and His presence in our lives now gives them a permanent parent that they can always go to in a moment. A parent whose love for them is perfect and whose instruction is always appropriate. But this is hard work, and involves a lot of time on the part of the parents, and a lot of that time is spent praying for you and your kids, that you may be the witness that your kids see, and that God may impact your kids through that witness and His Holy Spirit. That's why spending as much time as you can with your children, that strengthens the family, and that bond is important. It's very important. That's why we do it. Your child gets used to having that love and influence always around them, and that dovetails nicely when they, on their own, decide to follow Jesus. And if they don't follow Jesus, you've still done your job and the Lord can now work on them. All of our kids moved out of the house and we were left with an empty nest. And and I did miss our kids being there and so did my wife, but I knew that they had received what we could give them to point their own lives towards eternity. And I expected them to go off and do things I didn't approve of, because that's what being independent from your parents drives you to do. There's some degree of wanting to experience life outside a home where God is honored. We want to go outside that. We want to experience what's new, the unknown. And my prayer was not that God would stop them from doing everything that I didn't like. Rather, My prayer was that God would convict them over the things he didn't like. Because there are some things that I don't like that I believe God's like, it's no big deal. It's just the way you're bent and he doesn't have a problem with them. So finding that approval, not necessarily in parents, but first and foremost with God, that's huge in your kids' lives. That's what you want. That's what I want for my kids, that they would listen to God. They'd be led by the Spirit. And if they pray about something and God's like, yeah, go for it. And they're like, hey, Dad, we're doing this. I'm like, what? I'm like, no, we prayed about it. I'm like, okay. If God said you're good, then you're good. Also, once they were gone, I didn't correct them on their behavior. They're adults making their own decisions, and our role as parents is to come alongside them, and their authority is the Lord. And while there still is that family respect and honor, which they do, they're now independent of us. They now have the choice to be dependent upon the Lord or dependent upon themselves. But we as parents, we want those close relationships with our kids that we had growing up. But it looks different now. They're adults. But the love of God is still working in our families. And even though we have our issues, our family is now close and God is a part of it. And earlier in the series, I referred to creating those family traditions. And those traditions are very valuable now. Because when we gather for one of those traditions, it brings us back to that place of remembering all those good times that we had with our family and remembering where they came from. As it says in 1 Peter 4.8, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. And our sins that will always be lodged in our minds and in the minds of others who were part of it, they're covered by this love of God. Now, obviously, in the case of doing bad things that are really bad, You know, the love still covers the sin, but repentance and forgiveness has to do its work. There's a process there that the guilty party needs to initiate and bring that thing to an end. But the piddly things that they were irritated about when they were little, a lot of those things, they're just going to go away with maturity. You know, child rivalry may or may not, but not getting the things you wanted for Christmas, parents not allowing their kids to disfigure their bodies until they're out of the house. Many of these things can work themselves out simply by maturing in some time, while other things can be more severe. But that love of God is the key. And this is why we as parents must teach and model that love of God to our children. Because when they leave, if this love is at work, it will cover those mistakes we made as parents, or things that we have done that blew up in our faces in our parenting. Now as adults, grandchildren come in, and grandparents become an extension to your kids' parenting. We can now read all those books that we still have in the house and play with the Lego collections that we amassed as our kids grew up and out of those toys. And we kept a lot of that stuff. And now their kids are playing with it. And that's the beauty of family. Brings all those memories back. We recycle a lot of these old experiences for our new generation. And it's cool it brings back to memory, our kids playing with those things. It's awesome. And also when your kids are out of the house and they're married and you become in-laws, this creates a whole different dynamic in the family. What we have done, what we believe very strongly in is keep our distance from trying to exert any unnecessary influence over our kids that could cause conflict, especially when it comes to your sons or daughters-in-law. We don't want to treat our kids like they're still our kids in a sense of we have that parenting authority over them. Because meddling in your kids' marriage is a good way to make your kids want to move as far away from you as they can. And then if you don't get along with your in-laws, they're weird or they're people that you just don't like, you know, that throws another dynamic in it. How do you deal with them? Well, if you are in a position where you can be around them and be civil and respectful and kind of be peaceful, then go for it. If you can't, then that's going to cause some problems. And so for the interest of you maintaining peace in your family, you got to suck it up a lot of times. One of the things that we're careful on is we don't want to criticize our in-laws. We have good in-laws in in our family, and there's really no need to criticize them. We have a really good relationship with our in-laws, mainly because we've known them forever, just worked out that way. But- if you have in-laws that you can't stand, just realize that's going to be something that wounds your child because they have to live with their spouse and they may like their in-laws. So keeping that distance, letting them do their own thing, that kind of stuff, that's the approach that we've taken. Again, like I said, we have good in-laws. But in the event where there's conflict, it's like, yeah, you know what? You need to make the decision on this. This is your life. You're grown up now. You know, Here's what we think, but it's your call, man. That is the mentality that we have to default to. It's like, okay, I'll give you my take on it. If you ask for it, I'm not going to bail you out. I'm not going to come alongside you and go to war with your in-laws. I'm not doing any of that. This is your marriage. So be careful with your kids when they get married. Love your children's spouses and treat them like your own and don't give them any reason to not like you. And you'll find that that really helps the relationship and also the grandkids. We want to see our grandkids. We want that relationship because we can be a blessing to them. They can be a blessing to us and it's good. But you start screwing around with the in-laws and, you know, I don't like your spouse. I don't like your choice, you know, that kind of stuff. A person can shoot themselves in the foot very easily by doing that. So we try not to do that at all. We love our new kids, that's what we consider them. So try not to burn too many bridges with your kids. Keep loving them that when they grow and mature and realize a lot of those things that they were not allowed to do actually benefited them in the long run, now you can carry on that family love and care for one another into the future generations. Thank you.